Welcome to the Subscription League, a podcast by Purchasing. Listen to what's working in subscription apps. In each episode, we invite leaders of the app industry who are mastering the subscription model for mobile apps. To learn more about subscriptions, head to subscriptionleague.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I'm joined by Jeff, co-founder of Purchasely, and Gonzalo Rodriguez, CEO and co-founder of Papumba, joining us straight from Argentina today. Welcome to the show, Gonzalo. Hi. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's a great honor. Hi, Gonzalo. Pleasure. Oh, you're more than welcome. So to set a little bit of background, can you tell us what is Papumba and how you got the idea for that project? Yeah, so Papumba is a parenting app that helps you throughout the journey of raising a child. We are an all-in-one platform that includes uh, educational games, audiobooks, videos, and yoga classes. Awesome. And how do you... I'm assuming you have kids. Yeah. Yeah, we, we are three founders. And a few years ago, we realized that technology, instead of being a, a, an ally for families, was mm -hmm. actually a headache. <laughs> so um, we, we tried to in a way, solve this. And our vision is that technology should be, yeah, parent allies and actually make parenting, which is quite challenging in the very first years to make it more enjoyable and also to have a, a resource to, to, well, to help you, right? And technology, we think is a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've got two kids myself, and so I totally see your point of like technology should be an ally, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, the iPad, yes, you can use it, but not that much. Um, so it's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. And, and kids nowadays, kids that are maybe three-year-old, four-year-old, they spend like a quarter of their day, they are awake uh, watching screens. So it's a lot of time that they have energy to learn. Mm -hmm. And well, instead of watching videos, if they can learn uh, while doing something, it's, it's great. Yeah, definitely. And so you've been doing a great job at it because Apple chose Papumba as one of the top 10 apps for kids. And you received an EdTech Awards in 2023 for Best Early Childhood App. Being featured and receiving awards is always nice, obviously. But can you tell us a bit about what that actually meant for you guys and how much work went into getting those awards. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously rewards are important, but it's not like what we pursue. But at the same time, in our space, parents are very careful on, on the choices they make regarding technology. So being featured by Apple or even these tech awards to us is, is very important because mm -hmm. We need to be very good at everything that comes before using the app, because in a way, uh, once the app is downloaded and, and well, a parent subscribe, then the user is the kid. So we need to build trust. Those awards are something great to, to inspire trust. Can you share with us some figures of where you are right now in your uh, deployment and uh, who you address and your top markets? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, Papumba is available in 15 languages. When I say available in 15 languages, it's not only the text, but we have voiceovers in every of those native languages. Mm -hmm. Our main markets, even though uh, we have those languages, our main markets are the US, Brazil, Mexico, and China. 60% of the revenue comes from those countries. Uh, well, we are in the dozens of thousands of subscribers. Uh, well, 
right now doing a, a round of funding round to actually scale and reach the, the couple of hundred thousands. I don't know if that's like in a nutshell, but and also Apple is, is really important to us. We have a, a very big amount of subscribers coming from that platform. Nice. And from talking with Jeff, actually, in the past, I know that getting featured and getting award is actually work. Uh, it doesn't just happen by you doing a great app and sitting in a corner. So I'm curious about how you guys approach that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say first, when we started designing Papumba, we started to to talk with Apple and Google and share the, bro the project with them, mm -hmm. the idea, um, um, how we were going to monetize. So that was, I think, something important because from the very beginning, they were aware and they have been, uh, well, guiding us, giving advice. And every time we have something big to share, we send the news to them, to their editorial teams. So yeah, that's something that is kind of like a muscle that we have been mm -hmm. developing, uh, sharing what we do. And at the same time, yeah, asking for support, right? Because we are partners, uh, we share revenue and uh, well, it's been great. Awesome. Yeah, we've been witnessing the same kind of story with uh, one of our customer called uh, Holy Holy. It's a learning language, uh, English learning uh, language app for kids, small kids. And uh, they have a very close relationship with Apple too. They went to a lot of workshops and are also featured all the time. And I believe when you are addressing the kids app category, and maybe we'll discuss that later on in the interview, it's a very specific uh, category. Having uh, Apple close to you is really something that can make a whole difference besides the fact that you are featured and you get download for free, basically, but also in uh, how you can uh, change uh, the conception on, um, of your app and also how you can maybe target some specific features or avoid some specific traps. Do you have any experience to share on this? I completely agree with what you said. I would also say that when you are doing advertising, mm -hmm. the fact that someone has already seen your app in the App Store uh, feature, well, improves conversion rates, right? Uh, and make it easier mm -hmm. or cheaper to reduce the cost of acquisition. Yeah, I would say it's not only about getting feature and, and downloads, but it's more about building the brand. And, and well, I guess nothing is better than seeing in a very short list of apps that you are there and for parents especially. Yeah, so next next goal is to get the Editor's Choice Award on the, on the App Store, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year it was about the top 10 apps for kids and hopefully one day we can be there. We'll invite you back on the podcast when that happens. <laughs> sure. Uh, so another challenge that you have, most app they sell, I want to say, directly to the customers, where you mm -hmm. have a customer, I guess, in the parent and the user in the kid. So what challenge does that bring? Yeah, I think like the most important challenge is that we are targeting two users, obviously, and they have different needs. Kids, they want to have fun. And parents subscribe to Papumba because they want their kids to learn, right? So we need to find a balance between parents' needs and kids' needs. Basically, the educational content needs to be fun and, and the kid needs to want to play. So that's the challenging part, I would say. And then I would say regarding communication with the decision maker, because when you, your user is a kid, it's not easy to create friction with offers or with communications. Uh, sometimes we have like great updates to share and we cannot interrupt the kid while playing. So we need to find when is the right moment to contact the parent at which time, uh, which is the hour. So in that, I would say we need to become really good. Yeah. And from what I understand, you also try to, you have some activities for kids that might be pre-reading. Yeah. And so how do you solve 
communicating with them when you know they can't read. Yeah. Uh, so what we developed first is a, a UI that basically you can understand without text. So we have voiceovers that guide you like if you were an adult right next to a child. That's something that is part of our, our DNA. Mm -hmm. Every single thing that happens has a positive feedback from this voiceover that generates some kind of engagement with the kid. And at the same time, it's really clear on when you need a, a parent. For example, if you are touching something that has a, that you need an adult, uh, we have a parental gate, which is a feature that every kid app must have. Mm -hmm. and, and we say, hey, go and find an adult for this, right? Amazing. And speaking of uh, parental gate and uh, what makes uh, kids app very specific, you have you have to face some challenges. I'm not I'm not sure that all our audiences knows about these challenges that a kids app, which is a very specific category, both in the App Store and the Google Play Store, there's some specific rule. Can you maybe walk us through those uh, specificities? Yeah, Chef. Uh, so I guess the Probably the biggest one is complying with all the regulations regarding privacy. Like every app has to be COPA compliant mm -hmm. regarding privacy, security, how you host the data, what kind of information you actually require from the user. So it's really important that every kid app follows and, and is complying with that. And yeah, I would say also, like I mentioned before, you cannot include any purchase without a parental gate. So that's really important when they check the app that nothing can happen wrong there. And you cannot include any external link. So for example, if you want to highlight your Instagram page, you cannot have an external link without yeah. a parental gate. Yeah, you cannot switch your app. I think you cannot even open another app or navigator, right? Yeah, it's something you have to provide like a complete safe environment, which in a way aligns interest with parents and the app store and at the same time the developer. So a lot of what we communicate in the app store listing is regarding this. Papumba is completely safe. We have some seals that guarantee that. And, and yeah, I think it's um, a win-win for the, for the industry. Yeah, it's, it's a win-win, but still there's a lot of things that are much more difficult for you guys than for any other app. I'm not speaking of, about attribution, but also contacting the, the customers directly. I mean, that must be really complicated to do all the things, right? Yeah, I agree. agree. Um, yeah, when it comes to advertising, it's not as uh, other categories. So I completely agree. And earlier in the interview, you mentioned that you guys are present in multiple markets and you've localized your app in multiple languages. And as you said, not just the text, but also the voiceovers and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious, what can you share with our listeners that you've learned through that process? I guess, uh, well, first, we, we are a company that we are Spanish-speaking first. Mm -hmm. So from the moment we created Papumba, we created first in English, Portuguese, and Spanish. And then we realized that the opportunity was much bigger. I think that was the biggest lesson we learned. Just to, to mention some numbers, like mm -hmm. uh, even though the U.S. is our biggest market, outside the U.S., there are more than 200 million families that have kids from two to eight and have mobile phones. And they don't have many choices in their native language because mostly the main markets are, like I mentioned, Spanish, Portuguese, and, and English, right? So that was the first learning. And we had a lot of people downloading the app from countries like Indonesia, mm -hmm. uh, France. Um, so we created this team. And at first, obviously, it took some effort because we have to build a team of translators and voiceovers. We currently have like 35 professionals working on that specifically. But as we started to do it, we became good at it. And now it's cost effective. It requires effort, but 
well, I would say currently like 40% of our revenue comes from other countries as outside LATAM or the US. So I think it's worth. And well, I would say like the probably the on the negative side, our app, since it's a platform and has games and we do everything in 15 languages, the QA process is more challenging. That, <laughs> that's, uh, uh, you have to check every single thing in every screen resolution in Arabic, in Japanese. That's something that includes an extra cost and maybe delays a little bit more the, um, the releases. But, but well, in the end, it's more like a bet of thinking like, yeah, we want to have a global company. So you, you mentioned the Arabic and do you support right to left? Yeah. Yeah, we support this in purchase the SDK too and that's that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. The, the QA yeah. is a whole different... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's uh, something that uh, our QA team, uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, they cry a little bit because they have to... <laughs> proofread everything and and basically it's quite challenging to well to compare the original text with the, the one you see and you know one of my first job when i was a software engineer was working at texas instrument and they told me how they had an app for the periodic table of elements and when it got translated to spanish it got translated into menstruation instead of periodic table of elements. And of course, they didn't necessarily know until somebody on their team that spoke Spanish was like, uh, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, I could write like a, a book of users' feedback regarding that. Um, uh -huh. Well, since you guys uh, know French, there was one time we were teaching the animals and we we translated chicken and somehow the translation was like the, the food, right? Not the animals. So when the kid was <laughs> checking the animals, it was like the animal, but he was listening to the, the sound of the food. So yeah, <laughs> it's important to, to check that. Yeah, good. As I was researching you for the interview, I saw that you published a document on LinkedIn about how you guys quadrupled your annual plan adoption, which is, you know, something that is pretty good. Can you walk us through it? And actually, before you do that, I highly recommend people to look you up on LinkedIn. Go look at the document because I found the document to be awesome and really well made. But with that said, yeah, Olivia, and we'll share it on the on the blog. Definitely, on the purchase this blog. Like uh, every every episode, we have a text uh, resume, etc. So we'll share that on the blog too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first, thanks for recommending that on the newsletter and on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that was fun uh, because it was the first time we share learnings that our team has on LinkedIn. And I think like why we we created this document is. Mm -hmm. First, because unlike other apps that you can monetize your product uh, with friction inside the app, to us, 80% of our conversion happens in the onboarding, first two minutes. So we have a specific team that is iterating every every release in what are the steps mm -hmm. we include in the onboarding and the pricing and the offering. So we learn a lot. And one of the things we started to improve was actually, well, how can we increase lifetime value? Because obviously when you have a lot of people that has monthly subscriptions, especially when you have a global market, there is a aspect that has to do with involuntary churn that we work a lot, but still a percentage of people will churn because of billing issues. So what we wanted to increase was uh, the adoption of annual plans. At the moment, we started the improvements. Uh, only 10% of our user base had an annual plan. Mm -hmm. We wanted to take that to 50%, 60%, uh, 70% ideally to basically reduce churn and reduce it 
the instances that we have to renew. So what does this document include? It's basically a series of experiments that our growth marketing did during last year. It starts with uh, what was our previous offer. Um, here, I must say, I'm, I was a little bit biased to, to change this because from my understanding, if you are trying something for the first time, it doesn't make much sense or it didn't make much sense to offer an annual commitment instead of a monthly. So we went with that at the beginning. But we found that after iterating like the first time, we included also the annual plan with a, a really nice discount. And suddenly, 40% of our user base started to prefer the, the annual plan. So that was mind-blowing to me. I didn't expect that, but I started to talk with other entrepreneurs and they said, yeah, it's, it's working. So we, we tried it mm -hmm. and, and we basically started to iterate that page. We like, if you see the document, you will see that we started to make it simpler, highlighting more the annual plan discount. Currently we are in some markets with 60% adoption of annual plans, and you can see everything we did on that document, but we try uh, including emojis, simplifying the benefits, yeah, highlighting with more attractive colors, the annual plans. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we learned some good stuff. We learned uh, what doesn't work as well, because obviously not every Every experiment is a winner, right? <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of the questions because in the document, obviously, you outline, you know, each step going up in a way. Are there some that you remember that you tried and it just didn't work? I take that. And I think uh, on our next experiment, we will share some bad things because it's also good to, to learn from that. But since I have the opportunity here, I must say like, well, we tried some things. Uh, we got so excited about the annual plans that we changed from offering only, only the monthly plan to suddenly only offering the annual plan. We wanted to see how that does work. But I would say it doesn't work, or at least to us, it didn't work on markets that are not so mature, mm -hmm. like the US or some European countries, like in Latin America or China, people prefer the monthly plan. So there is the thing about what you pre-select, because what we have found is that the mm -hmm. user usually follows what you recommend. Like if you pre-select the monthly plan and you put a button that says continue, it's very likely that the majority of the users will continue what we call like the happy path. So we try to pre-select the annual plan and in some countries it didn't work or offer the only chance like the annual plan. And there is this other thing we tried that didn't work. We, we thought like mentioning too many things on the offering page regarding the transaction, like start your free trial was not uh, like the best idea. So we, we tried to think what could be better. And we said, okay, let's try like some more aspirational title here, like in light your child's world, for example, then the benefits and then the pricing. But people didn't understand that there was the free trial. So nothing beats the word free, I think, <laughs> when a user is, is trying that. So yeah, currently we try to simplify that, start your free trial, start your seven-day free trial, and, and that works better. And making all these tests on different countries for these populations, did you end up creating some cohorts of countries or some grouping of countries where uh, you know these kind of experiments, they behave in the same way, uh, and so you'll be targeting to only these countries? Or do you still try to address in the same way all the different uh, geographics? I would say when it comes to A-B testing, like everything we launch usually is A-B test, unless we release a big feature. We usually try in 
in our two biggest markets, which are Brazil and the US. Mm -hmm. So usually when something uh, works in one of those markets, we try to split and only do an experiment in one country. And if it works, replicate to the other and then to the rest of the world. But yeah, we have found that Asia, for example, has more in common with Latin America than the US. So what works in the US, usually we try to replicate to Europe or to Canada or to Australia. And then we have in our minds is more Asia and LATAM more similar. Okay, very interesting. And what, what would you say is the big next challenge for you uh, at Papumba to solve? I mean, uh, you address kids to seven-year-old. Is it going uh, even further? Or what are your next challenges? You were saying you were raising money. Maybe it's to develop your product and uh, find new markets. But um, what else is, uh, is, on, is on the line here? Answering this, I feel like we are handling uh, challenges, you know, like a chef with too many plates <laughs> in the oven sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that happens to, to a lot of startups because you see uh, a lot of things to, to develop and to yeah. continue yeah, learning. But I, I can mention probably two priorities we have right now. Um, one is a few weeks ago, we launched a basic plan that's basically free for users. At the moment, we only have the premium experience. So one of the challenges we have this year is to find the right balance of free content to offer so that we can expand the monthly active users, but mm -hmm. don't cannibalize the premium plan and show actually the benefits of the premium plan. So that's something like we have this new product and we are super excited. And then we have our team completely focused right now on building the habit. We are working on a seven day journey for kids and for parents. And we have launched recently new verticals on the app. We have these book sections, audiobooks, yoga classes and videos. Until last year, Papumba was only known for educational games. So we are involving more the parents in the experience and, well, creating habit through some specific things families does, like mm -hmm. reading a bedtime story at, at night. So those are two uh, challenges ahead. Okay, and Apple has released like, recently a, a lot of features around parental gates or uh, parental APIs to be able to block the kids' um, screen time, etc. give you access to that. Do you intend to use this? Yeah, we're currently researching that. We haven't implemented yet. But yeah, I think that's exciting. If there is like some kind of pattern that uh, the App Store or Google Play creates to actually, instead of having every app having their own parental gates, uh, have something more yeah, standard. But our, I, I think like there is some, well, there is a lot of things happening right now with AI. As a startup, you need to basically uh, decide which are the efforts that can generate more impact. So we think like everything related to building habit is a priority. Um, and, you know, when you have so many teams uh, inside a company or a startup um, mm -hmm. and you don't have a clear north uh, on what is the focus right now, uh, sometimes it can lead to many atomic solutions to a lot of things. So we try to focus on one or two things per, I would say, for two quarters, we try to focus on one or two big projects. Yeah, very wise. Laser focus. Yeah. And so you shared a lot with us today and lots of great answers. If people want to learn more about you, where can they go? Yeah, well, they can go to uh, www.papumba.com. There is Papumba there. And you can also find us on the Google Play or the App Store. We are also quite active on LinkedIn if you want to connect. Yeah, that's the uh, chef is showing me the, the App Store listing. And, and yeah, happy to receive any feedback and connect with other entrepreneurs or people from the industry. 
Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And I'll hope to chat again with you when you get your next award. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, likewise, and great uh, podcast. Congratulations. Thanks, Gonzalo. <laughs> thank you. On behalf of the Purchasely team, thank you for listening to the Subscription League podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or other audio platform. To find out more about Purchasely and how we can improve your subscription business, visit Purchasely.com. Please hit subscribe in your podcast player and don't miss any future episodes. You can also listen to previous episodes at SubscriptionLeague.com. See you soon.